Hey guys, this is Christopher Sean, aka Kazuriziono, and you are listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to this emergency broadcast of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is a quick hyperspace edition of the show to talk about the season one finale of The Mandalorian. Uh, it premiered on Disney Plus uh, just a few hours ago. I've already watched it. Um, I'm sure some of you got up early to watch it. Um, I, I thought I should put this out because we got to talk about the ending. And what the tease is for season two because I was thrilled. I knew exactly what happened or what, what was involved. Not everybody will. So I'm going to explain it to you to help you out. If you're just a casual star Wars viewer and mainly if you haven't seen the animated series, cause they're important They're They tie in. It's not just a kid's show. Um, but just overall loved the season finale. So good. This is why I've been wanting Taika Waititi to direct Star Wars. Um, he's, if you know me at all or just follow, you know, have listened in or follow my tweets, uh, he's one of my favorite people ever. Uh, just to, I love him as a director. Um, and as you can see from this episode, he knows how to blend humor and action. And he just gets so much out of people's performances. And it just makes a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thor Ragnarok is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and I will spend, I'll do an episode, like a full review of this episode, and I will talk about how much he's great. But love the episode, love the whole season. You know, all that we found out about uh, the Mandalorian, who, you know, we found out this episode, his name is Din Djarin, even though Pedro Pascal spoiled that in an interview that kind of slipped through. Um, I did like the, the little reveal that Cara Dune is Alderanian. So um, that would explain why she's out there trying to find a uh, you know a home because hers is gone. Uh, but just, and, and of course, uh, Tiny, uh, this is not Yoda. Um, copyright Lisa Gillerin from uh, Resistance Broadcast. Uh, we, I don't think, unless I didn't catch it, we don't know his name yet. Or he wasn't named. Um, could just call him Din Jr., um, but you know, I, I, I'll get to the ending, but yeah, I liked where, you know, the, their assumption is that his, his race has those powers that, you know, they're, they're having to learn about the Jedi, um, that were that far removed from them being prominent. Now we got the full reveal of, um, how the man, uh, how did Jarn was found to, and, Taken in by the Mandalorians, he was not found by a Jedi, as I had, you know, had uh, suspicions. But hey, it worked. Uh, it was great to see the Mandalorians in a Clone Wars era battle. We got that full thing. That was awesome. And so, all right, let's get to, let's get to the end. Um, so Moff Gideon turns out he's more of a big bad than we thought. Um, you know, my my assumption was that. 
you know, you bring in Giancarlo Esposito for this role, and he's just, um, like, the final boss type thing for them to, you know, save Tiny and get him off the planet and get him to safety. And then I figured he would have died. You know, I figured he was going to die in the, uh, the TIE Fighter crash. As soon as it didn't, like, explode, completely explode when he landed, I thought, uh-oh. Um, you know, maybe they're... Well, I thought they wouldn't show him. I thought, man, well, they're just leaving it open because, you know, if you don't see the body... Um, of course, nowadays, in Star Wars, that doesn't even count, you know. But I thought they would leave that as uh, unresolved for season... Uh, to lead us into season two in case he does come back. But no, uh, we... That's the last thing we see this season is he gets himself out of the wreckage and is still on the hunt. And that alone excites me to no end because Giancarlo Esposito is awesome. I've talked about him before. Of course, he's Gus Fring on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's one of the great villains of all time. But he's he's great on everything he does. Um, he was in Revolution, that show where it was in the future we had no power. Um, he was the magic mirror on um, Once Upon a Time. A great guy. Great guy, great actor. I'm so glad he's the villain as of now for the show, and he's coming back. That that I cannot wait to get a Moth Gideon figure. And now we know why they didn't release that early, because of the, that accessory. All right. So as soon as it cut through, I knew what it was, and I yelled out an expletive. Well, I mean, quietly, because everybody was still asleep. I was, yeah, I was so excited when I realized what he had. What he has is a weapon called the Darksaber. And if you're not familiar with it, it is basically a Mandalorian Jedi lightsaber. And it has been shown on both the Clone Wars animated series and the Rebels animated series. So we've got... Well, they're filming season two right now. And depending on you know, how fast they want to get these out in relation to the other series they're working on. Um, you know, this could be six, you've got six months, maybe you've got nine months. They're all on Disney Plus every season. There's, there's a final season of Clone Wars coming out in February. You've got time. Please watch both shows, Clone Wars and Rebels. They're excellent. It's, like I said, it's not just for kids. There's great storytelling in there. And you will find out the, the, about the Dark Saber. It is a it plays a prominent role in both series. The Dark Saber, yeah, and yes, there's yeah they come in black as well. Um, as you find out on uh, the, the animated series, uh, they come in yellow and white. Uh, so, just so you know, yeah, uh, it's not just you know red, blue, green, and then purple when Samuel L. Jackson gets his way. So anyway, okay, the, the Darksaber. Uh, it was created by an ancient Mandalorian Jedi named uh, Tar Vizsla. And, as they, and they alluded to it in the episode. There was a war between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. Uh, that has never been shown in media yet. Uh, it's been alluded to in on the show and um, in some literature. So the, over time, the Darksaber wound up on Mandalore with a descendant of his named um, Pre Vizsla, who was voiced by Jon Favreau, um, the creator of the show. And yeah, he wrote this one too. 
uh, he wrote like all but episodes uh, five and six. So, I mean, he he knows about this because he played the, the character that uh, wielded it when we first were introduced to it. it. It's I cannot wait. I hope we get to see it in action in season two because it's got like a, a different sound to it, and it almost has like a like I said, slow motion. It's, it almost looks like a machete um, when it's being used. So it's really awesome. Um, so the Darksaber, during the Clone Wars, wound up in the hands of Maul. Like, yeah, if you've seen Solo, you know Darth Maul did not die um, at, on Naboo, that he, he was back. But for a while, he led like this rogue group of Mandalorians called Death Watch. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm summarizing, I'm being very gen, uh, general with that, but yeah, all this is done in Clone Wars, like a whole se- uh, season arc of it. Um, so Maul led a revolution onto Mandalore and used the Darksaber to gain control. Um, I'm skipping over some stuff, mainly because I forgot, uh, but it also wound up on Rebels the show that takes place uh, a few years before uh, the original Star Wars movie in uh, the hands of a Mandalorian named Sabine Wren, who's one of the main characters. And she learns to use She's not a Jedi, but she learns to use it. And then the last person we know to have possession of it is a Mandalorian named Bo-Katan, who was voiced by Katie Sackhoff from uh, Battlestar Galactica. At that point, during the war with the, you know, the, the proto-rebellion war with the Empire, Bo-Katan used it as a symbol to unite the people of Mandalore. And that's the last we saw of it until this morning. So, you know, of course, you know, for those of us who have watched it, our question is, how did Moff Gideon get a hold of it from Bo-Katan or another Mandalorian? You know, and there was plenty of inferences made in this episode that he was involved in uh, their purge, uh, which I have to imagine we're going to find out more about in season two. Uh, I had my suspicions that Katie Sackhoff might play a live-action Bo-Katan in season one. Maybe at the, I thought that would be the, the, the tease at the end of the season, that she shows up and tells um, Din Djarin that no, you're not. You're not alone. There's more Mandalorians, you know that sort of thing. But no, I think they're saving that. Um, and, and she's being coy about it, you know, because they all have the, you know, NDAs. They can't really talk about anything they're involved with. Um, I think we're gonna get that story in season two now. How Moff Gideon and his, you know, Imperial Battalion, what control they held had over Mandalore, what they did to the people. And how he got the dark sea, and um, maybe it will wind up back in our hands for whoever the heir is now. Um, yeah, that, I hope that explains it well enough for you in just a brief few. I'm recording this on the way to work because I wanted to get it out there because I'm sure I'm sure the casual viewer is going to have questions about what the heck was that. And needless to say, it's one of the most awesome weapons in Star Wars that we've seen so far, and I'm glad it's in live action. I, I kept wondering about that. Is, you know, would they put that 
Uh, well, I figured that Bo Katan would still have it if, if Din Djarin met her. And then, you know, she would ignite it and, you know, let him know, hey, you know, we're, we're strong. But no, uh, Moff Gideon has it, and we've seen it in live action, and it is so beautiful. And I cannot wait to get the figure with that thing. Uh, I mean, they're releasing Tiny in, I think, May uh, for the Black Series, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a Moff Gideon figure at the same time. That has, uh, it just wrapped up an amazing season one. I am so excited for season two. Um, but hopefully, hopefully that explained it to you. Uh, as kind of concise as possible. Um, but I, I will be doing, uh, I got to catch up on the uh, episode reviews. I'll do that. I got to catch up on Resistance. Um, I wasn't planning to do Clone Wars, but I may, I may review those. We'll see. Um, might condense it and review them. Uh, if it's anything like the, um, series, they'll probably do like three episode arcs where they have the same story. I might just condense those and do those as a single review each time. Uh, but we'll see. And little Han will join me for those. He will, he wants to talk about Rise of Skywalker. So we'll probably do a spoiler discussion, uh, this weekend, uh, talk about the movie. Uh, he and I have, uh, I've seen it twice. He's seen it once. He wants to go see it again in 40X. So, uh, we, we might be posting that. Anyway, thank you for listening to this. Hope it helps explain, uh, the, the dark saber. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited about the show. I love it. Um, but, uh, I'm on social media at radio to car, R A D I O D Q A R on Twitter and Instagram. Um, all the episodes are on, uh, anchor.fm through the anchor app. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time. May the Force be with you.